Fingers Malloy, I have never had this many A.J. Fernandez cigars in one week. Are you saying you're making it rain, A.J. Fernandez cigars? We, when we put together our cigar list for the Indianapolis 500-mile race, IndyCar, which was exceptional from beginning to end, a great race, we added on that list the A.J. Fernandez Dorado. And I wanted to try the Dorado on the show, but I had a chance to get a box, an entire box, of the A.J. Fernandez New World Oscuros. And I figured a seven and a half by 55 Oscuro, yes, please. That's perfect for us. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Our new book, Let's Go Barbecue, a hand for Let's Go Barbecue, ladies and gentlemen. Officially available at Amazon.com. The perfect Father's Day gift. You should really order 20, 30 copies for yourself. Let's go barbecue. Recipes, tips, and tales from the pit. It's got everything. If you're new to barbecue, if you're somebody who loves barbecue, you'll love the stories. You're going to learn a lot. The names in barbecue, cuts of meat, things and styles you never heard of, you're going to get. And some recipes that are actually used in restaurants all across America, certainly right here where we live in central Indiana, and by people who win awards for this kind of thing. Let's Go Barbecue, available at Amazon.com. And while you're smoking a brisket, you could smoke the new world from A.J. Fernandez. This double Corona, 7.5 by 55, which means it's 7.5 inches long. <laughs> Always makes fingers when I laugh. And the ring gauge is 55. That's the diameter of the cigar, or basically how thick it is around. Again, with the laughter, and it's done in a box press, which I love. This is a Nicaraguan Dark Habano wrapper. It's a, uh, a Oscuro wrapper there with more time to really get some flavors out of uh, this. The binder and filler, also Nicaraguan, so a Nicaraguan Puro uh, through, throughout. And just oddly enough, for a 7.5 by 55, it's actually lighter than I thought it would be in terms of weight. It doesn't feel like a wiffle ball bat. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like it's empty. It's just you would you would expect it has a little more heft. You would, but it still feels really good in the hand. Uh, I agree with you that I thought it would be heavier, but uh, you know that that wrapper's got a nice little touch of oil to it. Uh, the smoke. Uh, so far, we we just lit this in, in the first. We're going to be the first third for a little while. Tony. Just a wee bit. <laughs> Just a wee bit. You want to break up your cigar, first third, second third, final third, and you want to get a notebook, and you want to write down, what'd you eat today? What'd you drink today? What's the weather? It's warm, a touch humid, sunny here in Indianapolis, Indiana, as we record the show. And so when you have those things, the weather, what you've eaten, those things affect your palate. It affects your taste buds and how you, 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 you taste things. And then the cigar will change from the first third to the second third, to the final third of the cigar, and you want to write those notes. And then when you try the cigar a couple months later and you do it again, you'll s compare the notes. And when you see certain things pop up, that's your flavor profile. That's the that's the flow through. Now you know what you're getting out of that cigar. Well, you know, we just lit this, and we're just into the first third of the first third of this cigar. And for me, that pepper is really lingering on the palate with just a, a, a touch of chocolatey sweetness. Uh it may have somewhat of uh, what's impacting my palate is I've been eating nothing but brisket for three days. So we both that. we both ended up doing a brisket for the Memorial Day weekend. I also did beef ribs and made a blunder in, oh. in my beef ribs. I'll get to that a little bit later. Remind me. So this cigar, before I had chosen the Dorado as a selection for the Indy 500, 
I happen to have a box of these. Mm-hmm. And whenever I go, and I'm part of the race broadcast, so uh, the station that I do most of my work with, WIBC, my home station, is the only place you can hear the Indianapolis 500. Because here in Indy, there's no TV. It's blacked out. They want you to go to the track. 325,000 people showed up at the track. It was a good time. So I'm part of that pre-race broadcast. And always there's engineers and everybody else. I always bring cigars. I brought a box of these. I've never seen so many people thrilled with a cigar of this size in the morning. That chocolate, that coffee. And it is a weird choice for a morning cigar because who's got two hours on them (laughs) in the morning? But you could actually do it. I actually don't get the pepper off of this. Really? I don't. I get... I get this kind of uh, wood uh, cedar sweetness thing going on, and it is because you've got a bit of that chocolate, you've got a bit of that caramel, and you've got things that are a bit nutty. And all together, it kind of, for me, it reminds me of wood, but it swims together super nice. Now, you, you did not, did you say you smoked one of these at the track? I actually did not have one of these. I did later that day have one of the other A.J. Fernandez's, but I never saw so many people... They weren't like, oh, this is too much. Oh, this is too big in the morning. Everyone was like, do you have another? Really? Everyone. I, I, was, I thought that was a testimonial in and of itself. Yeah. You know, I said that for me, you know, at the light that I'm getting this pepper, this, it, and it's, 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 it's a very nice uh, bit of pepper. It's not a complete pepper bomb. It's not melting my face off or anything. But uh, I could see where you could enjoy this in the morning because of the chocolate. Uh, and a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of that coffee note that's that's starting to come through for me. Uh, but you have to have a lot of time in the morning to be able to enjoy this because we are talking about a two-hour stick. I think we are too. And by the way, a little bit of that 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 spice, that pepper, hit just hit me actually oddly enough in the throat. Yeah, hit me in the throat, and that's not usually where I I, I, I get that flavor. That is that is absolutely right there. The question fingers, Malloy is not where if you would smoke this in the morning. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Is this in your humidor 7.5 by 55 New World Oscuro by A.J. Fernandez at 8 to $9 a stick? Oh, stop it. Eight, it comes in a box of 21. 21? I don't understand. It's, look, the different sizes, the boxes, it, it, it's the way it got packaged. 21. A box of 21 is how I believe it comes. Okay, look, normally I don't like to pull out my jump to conclusions, Matt, uh, so early in the process because we just lit this, but I, 7 to $8 a stick? 8 to $9. 8 to $9 a stick? Just from what we've experienced so far, yes. Yes, I would have this in my humidor. Um, this is, uh, as, as I'm enjoying it right now, the answer is, by the way, it is a box of 21. It's unquestionable that I would do this. It's unquestionable that this would be in my humidor. What I want to see is, because it's funny, when I first started, I got no spice. In just a couple minutes of our conversation, there it is. uh, Top and middle of tongue, Mm -hmm. in the throat, a little bit in the cheek, but it is being muted by that chocolate coffee. I want to see where that spice goes. If that spice were to exist all the way through, the cigar is not for me. If this spice subsides and just blends, starts to blend better, as you start moving through the first third, then there's no question this is something in the humidor. No yeah. question. I mean, my goodness. Uh, nowadays, with inflation and its impact uh, on everything, including its impact on cigars, I've had to readjust what I 
like to spend on cigars because everything is 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 getting more expensive. This is a great value at eight to nine dollars a stick. I I believe so. The the New World Oscuro double they call it a double Corona seven and a half by fifty five. Grab this at your local tobacconist. Try it yourself and let us know what you think at Eat Drink Smoke Show. Dot com. That's where you find everything that we're doing. You'll find the reviews. You'll find the stories. All the good things happening in cigars, happening in bourbon, happening in food, happening outside of the world of the insanity of politics. Well, we've got it. That's kind of what we do. Find it all at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. What happens when the most popular beer in the United States comes from Mexico? This is all Bud Light's fault. They did it to themselves. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. We don't get political on the show. We do engage what's going on in the world. What they're talking about in the Cigar Lounge, that's what we're talking about here at Eat, Drink, Smoke. And, of course, in the Cigar Lounge, they're talking about what happened to Bud Light. Everybody in America is talking about what happened with Bud Light. What happened is, is that they engaged an ad campaign by bringing on this influencer by the name of Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney is transgender. And they created a can with Dylan Mulvaney's face on it, and Dylan Mulvaney was creating videos, and the user of Bud Light said, what is this? And they didn't say, what is this? Because how dare you introduce somebody transgender into my life? That's not actually what happened. I know that's what some people say, but some people are shallow and think small. (laughs) What happened is, is that people who drink Bud Light, and Fingers, I know you've been following this and studying the story for, for your other radio work. They said to the people who drink Bud Light, we're now gonna throw politics at you. We're now going to force you to engage this conversation when you're somebody having a Bud Light so you don't have to have any conversation (laughs) whatsoever. That's what they did. They said, hey, audience, we now officially have decided that you're the problem and we're going to shove politics down your throat. Yeah, it was that. And then what damaged them even more was there was an interview with the marketing head of Bud Light. I believe her name was Alyssa Heinerscheid. 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 And I know, it's a, it's, a, it's a big one. Yeah. Heinerscheid. I won't say it five times fast. No. But in the course of the interview, she kind of not only dumped on Bud Light's brand and, and how it was marketed in the past, it almost felt like she had a little bit of a disdain for the, the customer base of Bud Light. Am I wrong in saying that she came off sounding embarrassed, ashamed, and disappointed that you, the drinker of Bud Light, are the way you are. Yes, that's exactly how she came off. She said things like it was, you know, the the humor was uh, shouldn't. It's not in touch with you know 2023 values. I'm I'm paraphrasing. She called it fratty, right? Fratty, frat humor. Yeah, frat humor. And the 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 brand was dying off. Meanwhile, it was the number one selling brand in in America. Uh, and so they, they made this leap into, into, you know, having this relationship with Mulvaney. And now we don't hear, I don't know if they've completely fired this uh, marketing head. If Alyssa still has she put job. her job. They put her on a leave of absence, oh. along with her boss was put on a leave of absence. I don't think we'll see them again at Bud Light or InBev, which is Anheuser-Busch. But she'll probably end up with another job somewhere else. It's often how that works. 
But that video is so remarkably telling in its, in its ugliness and really this conversation of hate. You cannot hate the person you're serving. If you do, that person knows it. They feel it. They're not interested in being a part of it. Yeah. And she clearly, clearly hates the Bud Light drinker. So my question to you, because I thought when this first happened and you were hearing talks of, of boycotting Bud Light, that this wouldn't be something that would last, that this wouldn't have staying power. Yeah, I, was, I was one of those people. You're seeing now where they're, they're giving the beer away. So a couple thing, unique things have happened. What, one of the things I discussed, and you and I have been alive long enough to see this, people get all worked up about something, and then they go back to their lives. But with Bud Light, what made it easy to engage a boycott is that you told people, wait, I can stand up to them hating me and shoving politics down my throat by just buying a Coors Light? I can buy Coors Light. I'm going to buy beer anyway. And that's what happened. And overall, InBev sales were down 1%. Bud Light sales over the course of this year have been down 26%, while Miller Light and Coors Light went up 26%. And as the story goes about Modelo, Modelo from Mexico, InBev down 26%. Modelo has gone up 9.2% because they've benefited from this. And they're now the top selling beer in America. Modelo, which I've never actually had before. I, I have not. I, uh, which is weird. Neither one of us has had a Modelo. Do we have to change that? I, maybe. Can we get two Modellos? But, but, two Modellos? I don't know if they serve Modelo. If they do, we're getting But you know Modellos. who owns Modelo? Is it InBev? Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> no. Yes. That's so funny. People see that's just it. People don't know, but they went out of their way not to get Bud Light. And you see the videos of the shelves still filled with Bud Light. If you if you went to a bar and just walked up to somebody and said, "Hey, this is on the house," and dropped the Bud Light in front of them, they would walk away from the bar. That's how toxic yeah. being connected to a Bud Light is. So I have a solution for Anheuser-Busch and their Bud Light problem. You, you rebrand like Acorn. This is what you do. You're Wiser Light. Oh, is that it? Yeah. You just, you just name it something else. It's the same product and hope people forget. At this point, I feel like that's the only path moving forward. Uh, you, know, uh, you, you say to yourself, this doesn't have lasting power. This isn't going to... Boy, this sure feels like... People are permanently turning their backs on Bud Light. A hundred percent. And that's what makes this different. It was easy to do. People feel like they've done something to let brands know. Just leave us alone. Don't lecture to us. Go. We didn't ask you who you hired. We didn't ask anybody their orientation about anything or their politics or their race or their religion. All we did was buy the beer. That was our deal. You make beer. We buy beer. It's a very simple concept. And they broke the contract. And I don't know if other businesses see where that is. Not everybody's interested in your position. Most people aren't interested in your position on anything. They just want the product at the price that they like. And especially when it comes to alcoholic beverages, sports, for many people, it's part of an escape. They're escaping the everyday world and they're trying to escape politics. And now they're finding 
that politics is invading their escape, and they really, really don't like it. By the way, you should note that uh, Modelo is, the, uh, the parent company is InBev, except in the United States, it belongs to Constellation Brands. <laughs> so so there, is okay. a bit of a, there is a bit of a difference there. Fair enough. Um, this is probably to date, with even with everything going on, this is the biggest story in America. If you are um, a marketing department in a company, are you staring at this? If you are somebody who teaches marketing in a, in a university setting, are you staring at this? Or is, is, does the university setting mean that you engage in other viewpoints and you don't actually care about the marketing, you care about those other things? Because this, to me, is, is one of the most important stories out there about how you run a business and how you care about your customer. I think if you're a marketing person, you feel like you're caught between a rock and a hard place because there's a pressure to move down this path. But also you've got a customer base that's saying, we don't want you to move down this path. They're in a tough spot. We don't want to be insulted. We don't want to, we don't want to be lectured to. I don't know how that isn't the guiding principle. Don't lecture. Engage and provide. So Fingers and I both made a brisket, not together. We have, we have yet to, to work together in tandem to make a brisket. You wanted to make that clear to people that we didn't have one brisket and two straws. That's correct. Okay. That is correct. This is not like 101 Dalmatians. But instead of pasta, it was just some brisket. Tea, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. Each did a brisket for Memorial Day. But before that, I did some beef ribs. Now... What happened to me is not a bad thing. They're delicious. I'm still eating the beef ribs. I, I have an issue when I make food mm. that I look at the number of people that I'm going to feed, and somehow in my head, I multiply by seven, mm -hmm. and I, I made 17 pounds of beef ribs. I'm sorry? It, 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 dude, 17 pounds. And how, how big was pounds. the brisket? Uh, the brisket was 16 and three-quarter pounds. Uh, but these are on two different days. And here's what happened. I use a Traeger smoker, the Ironwood 650. I cannot say enough good things about it. It was the right purchase. I don't even think, like, sometimes I look at some of the newer models. I'm like, you know what? I don't actually need that. If I can smoke a 16 and a half pound brisket, mm -hmm. I don't need anything bigger than that. Let's not kid ourselves. But when doing beef ribs, I smoked them. And that's all I did. I proved to myself, and the purchase will be made this weekend, I need a gas grill. Now, maybe I need a green egg. You know, I could do it with charcoal. You cannot just do a beef rib by smoking it and being done. It must kiss fire. You must get a little bit of that caramelizing in. Otherwise, and, and possibly a little bit of a saucing it, even though I'm a dry, I'm, I like a dry rub. I am not, I don't mind a sauce on the side. I don't like a sauce drip. I am a dry rub guy. But in the end, without the kiss of fire, it wasn't right. And I know it wasn't right. And it was good. Everyone's like, this is good. It wasn't a beef rib. I, in my head, I know I ruined 17 pounds of beef ribs. <laughs> I know it. I so did it. I, I, I didn't have the tools. I feel like you are, 
your harshest critic when it comes to this stuff, and I'm the same way. Where I sit there and apologize. I hate myself. Yeah, I you put because you put your heart and soul into it, and it's a long cook, and people are thinking to themselves, "Oh wow, I'm going to have this great barbecue, homemade barbecue meal," and they have it. They love it. Of course, they do. But you're thinking to yourself, "This could have been better. This could have been better. I know this could have been better." And you find yourself apologizing for meat that everyone is happy with. Like, everyone's thrilled with the meat, and you're, like, sitting there apologizing. I worry sometimes that that gets annoying. It does, and I have come to stop doing that. What I do is I watch the family. If my wife eats it, mm-hmm. I know everything's okay. Because it's just not her favorite thing, although she, she enjoys it. If she is digging in, everything is, 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 is all right. But it's just the conversation of the tools being so necessary. Sometimes you'll see things, suggestions for things like, oh, who would use that? Who would need that? There's a reason for the tools. In this case, it is clear that the smoker is not enough. It's like, for example, a steak. I know people do it. I know people have the grates. I got the grates from you to add to the smoker. That will really increase the temperature so you can get the sear marks. Cannot do a steak on a smoker. Now, if someone's going to disagree with me, they're going to yell at me. My point <laughs> for Tony is that no, I must have a, a gas grill or a charcoal to be able to, even if I want to do some of it on the smoker, it must touch fire. My brisket, other things that I smoke, like I'm about to really dig in deep to pork in the writing of Let's Go Barbecue. Our new book is available at Amazon.com. Let's Go Barbecue perfect for Father's Day, the pork recipes and conversations were so great. You know, I I grew up Jewish. I'm still Jewish. Uh, Making pork is not an everyday uh, thing. Yeah. My kids are kosher. They're not going to eat it. And I'm like, well, it's just me then. I am totally doing pork butts. I am totally doing all of that. I have to try. I have to. And I know the smoker is going to kick for that. It's going to do great. Do you have a food saver? That- no, I don't. You do. You're so you're a believer in the food saver. Yeah. Basically, the vacuum sealing. Yeah, you vacuum seal it so there's never any freezer burn if you do it right. It works great for freezing meat. Uh, I had an issue with my brisket, so it was a choice brisket that I bought six months ago. Uh, they had a great deal of local grocery store here on them, and I bought two. Yeah, and uh, put them in the freezer. Put them right. So I thawed my brisket in the refrigerator. I put it in the refrigerator I, three days before I pulled it out. It was 13 pounds. And, of course, the, uh, the flat was completely thawed. Couldn't really tell about the point, right? So Three days in a refrigerator? It wasn't completely... So how cold do you keep your refrigerator? <laughs> well, it's my beer refrigerator in the in, oh. in the garage. So here's what happened. I I trimmed the brisket. I put it on uh, my charcoal grill. It's a Masterbuilt Gravity Series 560 charcoal grill. And after an hour, a little over an hour of having it at 225, I put the meat probe in uh, the point 33 degrees. <laughs> After being on for an hour, I was like, I cannot believe that this was still partially frozen. Yeah, I got to tell you, I have never, ever had that problem ever once. Your refrigerator is too cold. 
Now, I'll have a beer with you. Right. But Wait, uh, it's too cold for brisket. So, and then I wrapped it a little late. And the, the point was great. The flat was dry. And really? that was disappointing. But the funny thing is the flat tasted better the next day. Okay. Go figure. So the whole next day thing is real. I, I, I think we're all there at, at this stage of the game. The whole idea of things tasting better the next day, it comes together more, everything else. That's 100% true. How long did you let it rest? Two and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. I, I, usually, I like to have it rest for three hours. It was a good two and a half. And, of course, still way too hot to the touch when you're trying to, when you're trying to carve it. Right. Uh, but the bark wasn't quite like I wanted it. And part of it was I, I was in a hurry when I put the rub on. Probably didn't have enough rub on it. And uh, but I'm sitting there beating myself up. Everybody who's eating it is like, "This is wonderful!" This is, and they're going back for seconds and thirds. And and so it's like, okay, I need you need to. It's like when you're with a golfer and they shoot, uh, you know, a seven iron in the green, and they start complaining because they think that they mishit it, and then all of a sudden the ball ends up ten feet from the pin. Right. And they're like, oh, everybody's like, "Shut up! Just yeah. shut up!" You know, just keep your mouth shut. I think I need to learn to keep my mouth shut when it comes to uh, serving my barbecue. It, it's a constant reminder that to do it right, you need time. And one of the things that happens is that you kind of get in into your head about, wait, is it too long? Wait, it looks right. Wait, it, 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 the probe is saying this, but the time is that until you really understand your machine, your device, until you give it the time and try it and sit on your hands and let it go, let it happen. Now, in your case, clearly the defrost was the issue, and it created this irregularity, not only within the meat itself, but of course within the cooking. Because now, if, if it's still, if there's any level of ice in there, you've got extra moisture, and right. that's affecting the, the, the physics of the cook. I put it on at 10 o'clock at night. I pulled it off at 1.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. So uh, 13 pounds? Yeah. Well, that would be right, right? That, right. That, that timing isn't it it was how it was defrosted it's how that went down but i i've still got four or five pounds left uh and it's going in a food saver today uh, i'm gonna have uh, brisket tacos and i may make a little bit of brisket chili you have to make brisket chili and, and if you haven't done that with your leftover brisket brisket chili is the everything and the best is once you make it just freeze it and leave it in as long as it's in a good container leave it in there you pull it out as you need it it's perfect, and you get that smoke. The for me, the thing to make with the leftover brisket is the brisket chili. That's the the winner. But I love brisket tacos. That's a super smart, oh, it's super wonderful. smart idea. Yep. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. It's time to drink some bourbon. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Our new book, Let's Go Barbecue: Recipes, Tips, and Tales from the Pit, is now available at Amazon.com or our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Pick up a copy today. Sometimes what you need is a good blend. A blend of a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a stickle of fluoride, Fingers Malloy. It's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a stickle. You are the fat boy slim of our generation. See, Drink Smoke, I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and this is the OKI Reserve Blended Bourbon Whiskey, which I must admit, I don't know how they actually refer to as a bourbon. 
So this comes from the people at MGP. It is a blend of five different whiskeys. There's some low rye bourbon in here that's about eight to 10 years old. There's some high rye bourbon in here, three to eight years old. Then there is a rye whiskey that has also blended some rye corn whiskey and then a light whiskey. A light whiskey, it's a weird name because it actually refers to a higher proof. Bourbon cannot be stilled at a higher than 160 proof. Otherwise, it's not bourbon. The U.S. government has laws about bourbon. It's why it's the official drink of the United States. There's serious work done to make sure bourbon is bourbon. You can read all about that in our book, Let's Go Bourbon, which is available at Amazon.com. Light whiskey is distilled between 160 and 190 proof. So this bourbon is actually a mutt of whiskeys. This should be a whiskey and not even called a bourbon, at least based on how I know the rules. I feel like a mad scientist was behind this. It feels, yeah. like, feels like there were some beakers involved. So you've got the low rye bourbon. You've got the high rye bourbon. You've got rye whiskey. You've got corn whiskey. You've got light whiskey. But it all comes in at 100 proof. Always some applause from Fingers Boy. Anything over 100 proof. The guys at MGP which is in Indiana. They make a tremendous amount of bourbon for a tremendous number of people. And people often kind of give it a, ah, it's, it's an MGP product. Ah, they're just, their people are just, you know, they're making it for others. Guys, let's not be crazy. If they do good work and it's good juice, let us drink the thing. Now, the, 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 the mash bills here are all over the place. You've got stuff at 75% corn. The corn whiskey is at 81% corn. The light whiskey, 99% corn, 1% malted barley. But you've got 21% rye in some, 36% rye in others. I honestly don't know what to expect from this drink that we have here in the Glencairn glass. That's that oddly shaped glass with the foot, and then it bows out, and it comes in. This has to be one of the most interesting bourbons we've ever tried. Before we've even uh, put it to the nose, just the description alone, this is a really unique product. I don't think we had anything like this before. The OKI referring to Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. That's where all this was sourced. It's actually a very, very pretty color. Almost in that amber, there's a little bit of an orange color going to it. A little bit of viscosity there sticking to the glass. And that Glencairn glass is really built so you can get your nose in there. Really get a feel for it. That's a good idea. You put your nose to it. He's going in for a sniff is what he is, Fingers Malloy. What are you, what are you, what are you getting off, off there? So, oh, that is smooth. First of all, no ethanol alcohol Zero. on the nose at all. There's some citrus and some caramel and it's bready. And, yeah, and some citrus. <laughs> citrus, <laughs> bready. It's got a, a, a fullness, whether that's caramel, whether that's almost like kind of like a butterscotch. Oh, that is nice. Nice on the nose. That is nice and thick coming off the nose there, fingers boy. But the question is, are you ready for this? Tony, I've been ready for this all week. We start it neat as we do, and we do the Kentucky Chew, move it around the palate, really get a feel for it. Sometimes you want to take two sips. The first sip to set the taste buds, the second sip to really get the flavors. The OKI bourbon, that's what they call it, a blended bourbon, 100 proof. Fingers Malloy, you've done your sip. Where are you at? It is so smooth. 
there is there's absolute maybe a slight slight sting to the tongue. There's absolutely no burn in the chest at all. Not even a, a, a gentle warmth. That citrus is there. There's a little bit of a vanilla. Uh, there's a, a baking spice. I, I'm a fan. I'm going in, fingers. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. This is the OKI blended bourbon. It's just got a mud of stuff in there. 100 proof. I'm going in, fingers. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He is doing what we call the Saginaw Swish. As he shakes his head, because I called it the Saginaw Swish. Wow. That is super easy. It's actually sweeter than I expected. A bit of heat, center chest, nothing going down. A slight tingling on the tongue, but a full coating of, of, of the tongue. It is desserty. It's thick. Uh, it's got solid mouthfeel taking in the cheeks. It's warm. It is warm and, and, and comforting in that way. Ooh. Ooh. And yes, on the finish, that's oak. Yep. That's oak on the son of a gun. This is this is very What is good. happening? You know, with all that rye and you expect some 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 quick heat, some spice. No, no, it's all it's all very muted and blended beautifully. I got a little baking spice in the beginning, but it dissipates quickly and that oak is there. Maybe a touch of cherry at the end, too. There's a lot going on here and a lot to like. I think if you let it rest enough, you can find a lot of things. And and sometimes your mind will play tricks on you. The idea of a dark fruit, I can see. But I think that, for me, that's more the oak than anything else. But it lingers. It lingers well. That's a beautiful coating of the tongue without being overly heavy. There is that, that chewiness that I described. Oh, you can rest with that finish for a while. Yeah. You can rest with that for a bit. That's nice. And I feel like even though this may be a little bit sweeter for uh, some bourbon enthusiasts, I, I think that this is a bourbon that would play for the entire table. Yeah, this is. Now, I will tell you that in the center chest, that heat's building just a, a, a little bit. and But man, oh, man, oh, man, is it. It is solid, solid, smooth, tasty as can be. The question, Fingers Malloy, is this in your liquor cabinet for $80 a bottle? The OKI Reserve Blended Bourbon Whiskey. Yeah, I think so. Now, I, what I would tell you is this is a maybe because this may be considered by some too sweet for an $80 price tag. They want may people may want something that has more traditional bourbon flavors. They might want something that maybe isn't as thick syrupy. This this almost gets to syrupy. If you told me sixty dollars, there'd be no question. It's it's fun. That is a fun good. There's a part of me can't wait to put it on a cube. There's a part of me dreading. Putting it on a cube. And I've seen it at places for $70 a bottle. Yeah. So you can you can catch a deal. Uh, you know, I have a sweet tooth, so the, the sweetness doesn't bother me. Uh, yeah, I, I really like it. Mmm. Mmm. That finish might linger a bit longer than I'd like it to. 
But man, it does go down smooth. The OKI Reserve blended bourbon whiskey. This is worth a shot. As we discussed a little bit earlier, Bud Light blew up its own brand. They did. It, it, this can't be said any other way, no matter what you think of the subject matter regarding Bud Light. The brand is damaged, and there's a real question on whether or not the brand will ever make its way back. Good to be with you. Eat, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Malloy. The brand has been hit. It's been proven that it's going to continue to be hit, and there's no way out right now for Bud Light except for through. But brand loyalty matters. Understanding your client, providing a product that has value, matters greatly in how people associate with it, how they connect with it. Remember, with, with, with Nike, it's not that it's the best sneaker. It's what the sneaker says about you. That's so incredibly important. We have here from CNBC the list of the seven most loved brands in America. It's interesting to note that Apple and Amazon are not on the list. Now, Amazon, I could get because people don't love Amazon. They utilize Amazon. We utilize it to sell our books, Let's Go Bourbon, and the new book, Let's Go Barbecue. Perfect for Father's Day. Buy 400 copies. Get it now at Amazon.com. Let's Go Barbecue. Recipes, tips, and tales from the pit. Recipe, tales, and tips. No, recipe, tips, and tales from the pit. I said it right. I wrote it. I better have said it right. <laughs> Let's Go Barbecue at Amazon.com. But people utilize Amazon as a utility, and you don't think of it as a brand you love. Right, and I think we're spoiled. The idea that you can look at a product on your computer or on your phone and have it delivered to you four hours later by a company uh, and, and not think to yourself, man, this should I love this thing. <laughs> I love this company. People just don't. I saw that number eight just missed on the list of the most loved brands in America, Eat, Drink, Smoke. Is that right? Yeah, it was number eight. Ah, this list is nonsense. We'll start at the bottom and work our way up. Samsung is number seven. I, I buy Samsung in terms of TVs. I have absolute trust in Samsung. You just consider it, you consider it to be reliable. You consider it to be okay. This is going to work for at least three years. <laughs> yeah. I've got a four-year-old Samsung TV right now, and I'm not having much luck with it. No? No. First of all, the, for the smart TV, the apps are kind of limited on it. The picture's beautiful. I love the picture. The, the sound is, is very nice, uh, but I'm starting to get screen glitches. So unfortunately, I'm just going to have to go out and buy myself a 75-inch TV to replace it. The struggle, again, <laughs> very real. Number six is Toyota. Reliability, comfort. Remember, Toyota is also Lexus. Mm -hmm. I, I could see it. I can absolutely see it. Number five is Chick-fil-A. I'm surprised it's not number one. Of course, Chick-fil-A. Everybody says hello. In a world of seeing every video of a fight in a fast food place and people treating you poorly, Chick-fil-A, yes, sir. How can I help you, sir? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Can I get you something else with that? Is there anything else I can do for you? My pleasure. Right? <laughs> All of it. And the other thing, too, I don't think I have ever left a Chick-fil-A drive through window and had my order be wrong. I don't think I've ever had to go back because they forgot to put a sandwich in or forgot to put an order of fries in the bag, and I you know, drove three miles down the road and realized that it wasn't there. I've never had an order get screwed You up. don't check your order before you leave three miles down the road? Well, when you're ordering for uh, two for one, uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of food in the bag, sometimes you make assumptions when you're in a hurry, and uh, that's burned me on several occasions, but not at Chick-fil-A. 
Number four is Trader Joe's. Do you shop at Trader Joe's? Do I? Ninety percent of my food comes from a gas station. You're asking me if I go to Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is great. Yeah. When I, we lived in California, Trader Joe's was great. When we got to Indiana, and my wife saw Trader Joe's, she's like, "All right, everything's gonna be okay. I, everything's I, gonna be fine in Indiana." I just want to say, when you said Trader Joe's is great, it sounded very California. Great. <laughs> so great. I got my cow. I tried her just and I had my wasabi peas. They're the best. Yep. They're the best. Take them out to Malibu. Malibu. Ah, Malibu. Oh, Malibu. Have you ever been to Malibu? I spent a weekend there one year. Is it the way around? No. Yeah. That, oh, that's year. a Mark Twain. Yeah. You yeah. know, San Francisco. I spent a winter there one summer, yeah. one June or whatever it is. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've only been to uh, San Diego. That's oh. only my California experience. Now, if you're, so if you're doing San Diego, which has gotten more and more dangerous, sadly. You got to go up just a touch and go to La Jolla. And once you're in La Jolla, you will realize that living anywhere else is criminally insane. (laughs) Now, La Jolla will eventually fall because California, I mean, the problems are just... Do you know that they're like $10 billion more in debt than they thought they were? That's shocking. Shocking, I tell you. (laughs) But like, you know, to be off on your budget... By $10 billion, that's how you know it's government. Yeah, but the, at least we can take heart in knowing that whoever made that screw-up uh, will get fired, right? Right? Number three on the list <laughs> is John Deere. That's a real attachment. Oddly, Harley-Davidson is not on this list in terms of connection. You're a Harley guy, mm-hmm. but John Deere is. You're, you're proud to wear the hat. You're proud to wear the gear. You have a John Deere tractor. You're in that world. Of course, it's it's awesome. Um, what? Well, my dad has a John Deere lawn tractor. Uh, he neglects it. <laughs> he doesn't take care of it like he should. Always starts right up. Fires right up. Thrives on neglect, apparently. And uh, he can always count on it. He's got a John Deere tractor? Mm-hmm. Lawn, lawn tractor. Oh, lawn tractor. Yeah. Okay. I just picture it like a <laughs> big combine, yeah. you know, just to get to the local bar. <laughs> number two on the list is Costco. And it was number 12 on the list, but then they brought back the onions. Yes. Boom. Right up to number two for the hot dog. I was going to bring this up earlier, uh, Costco, because you were talking about how you needed a new grill. And apparently Kirkland has come out with a grill. I didn't know Kirkland made grills. Kirkland Signature Stainless Steel 6-Burner Gas Grill. uh, 63,000 total BTUs, including a 13,000 BTU infrared top sear burner. Okay. How much? How much? Does it say? Fingers? Do you you want to? (laughs) Let's make a deal. Um, Okay. Okay. You're going to tell me higher or lower? Price is right. Higher or lower? Yeah. Uh, 1,500. Lower. Ooh, now we're having a good time. Eight hundred, higher. Twelve fifty, lower. Twelve forty. Is this good radio? Lower. Twelve thirty, <laughs> lower. No, this is terrible radio. <laughs> this is crap. Eight, I wouldn't listen to this. Eight ninety nine. Really? LED knobs. LED knobs. That's the name of my first band in college. AM FM radio. No, there's no AM FM radio. <laughs> and oh, Tom, uh, Tony, it includes a cover. There you go. Really? If you buy two, you can save $100. Buy two. <laughs> I am not buying you a grill. <laughs> I don't want I've got a grill. And I'm happy with my grill. Number one on the list is Patagonia. I have no idea what that is. So Patagonia is a clothing company 
incredibly, they're big into like winter coats and those kinds of things. These people are very into the environment, so much so that the founder, the brand's worth $3 billion. The founder gave up control. He transferred it to something called the Patagonia Purpose Trust and the nonprofit Holdfast Collective. They want to make sure that the profits go to cl combating climate change and protecting undeveloped land. A private company, guy could do whatever he wants. I may not get it. He may not be right. I may, can, may argue the science with him. His company... Does it and the people who shop there, this is what they love. Does it surprise you that a person that 95% of his wardrobe comes from Harley Davidson would have no idea what this is? That doesn't surprise me. In no way am I surprised by that. The premium cigar industry has seen really tremendous growth in the past few years. We have been in the middle of a cigar boom to the point where we've been asking for, for a while now, how long can this last? Well, in May not be lasting too much longer. I'm Fingers Malloy. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. He's Tony Katz. Find everything we do over at our website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Tony, you and I have gone to the Premium Cigar Association trade show what, uh, for two years now. We're going to go back in July. It's in Las Vegas. Good time. Very, good. very, very, very good time. So, we go there and we talk to the, the people in the industry and you, we do a ton of interviews and you'll be able to see all the interviews that we do this year over at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. And one of the things that when you got to talk to them over a, a beer or a bourbon, the private conversations all revolved around, gee, how much longer can this boom last? People right. were waiting for uh, this unprecedented growth to begin to slow, and we're starting to see it now. Uh, the story over at Cigar Aficionado, first quarter 2023 cigar imports on the decline. Uh, the year begins with an 8.8% uh, decrease in imports, Tony. Are we starting to see supply chain issues and inflation finally hit the cigar industry in a negative way? COVID comes, people are at home, they're not driving anywhere. They're saving money, and they're like, well, how do I occupy my time now? And they occupied it with spirits, bourbon, rye, tequila went huge. They occupied it with baking bread for the first time <laughs> in, in their houses, and they occupied it with cigars. They got into cigar smoking, and it went gangbusters. Well, other people certainly suffered through COVID. Uh, the, uh, the cigar world blew up, but because of that, well, now you had pressure on tobacco, pressure on the cellophane that a cigar might go in, the boxes, uh, the, the rollers, the people to actually do the physical work. And with those supply chain issues came shortages. And some of the brands that were trying to break out, were building and growing, didn't have access because they didn't have the dollars to be able to be people to have all these orders fulfilled because other companies, larger companies, larger groups in, in front of them. Now that people have gone back to work and there's more and more of a push to get people back into the office. We talked about Elon Musk. He's one of these people. Amazon, one of these people. There was a whole walkout from offices, I think, in San Francisco. You can't require people to go back to the office. That's how dare you. Oh, and it's having a serious climate impact. Like It was like two in one kind of thing. I, I don't think that's accurate. If you're talking about people driving to work, again, I don't think that's accurate. But if people are going back to work and they've gone back to work, we're talking about taking away time. 
The time of your commute to work there and back is the time to have a cigar. So there's less people engaged in some of the buying. The supply chain issues, the actual production issues, where we know that some companies have an issue hiring and retaining rollers because a lot of these people, this is an immigration conversation now, trying to come to the United States. They have less people to actually do the work. All of these things combined means there's less of a demand for cigars. This makes perfect sense. It's everything we predicted. Yeah. I mean, you think back to, uh, you know, the pandemic and how there was a lot of government cash being thrown around. There was a lot of stimulus money where people who were maybe had not had their income negatively impacted on, uh, you know, due to the pandemic, they were still getting stimulus cash and they were finding ways to spend it. And they were, a lot of them were staying at home. So you were finding people who were maybe uh, smoking one cigar a week. Now all of a sudden they're smoking four cigars a week or five cigars a week. And that just wasn't sustainable uh, as people had, had decided that, well, they had to go back to the office. Uh, so, no, this isn't surprising at all. And these are still very high numbers. You know, it's when you're talking about the numbers are slowing, but off of record years, the cigar industry is, is still uh, healthy and it's still doing well. I'm, I'm curious, though, you brought up the Amazon story. Uh, you know, these protests of people saying uh, they don't want to go back to the office and, you know, you brought up the, the, the climate concerns and all the other stuff that they're listing as issues. Do you think Americans have sympathy for people who are protesting the idea of going back to the office in 2023? No, I, I don't actually... Oh, look, I'm a guy who worked in a studio, drove to the studio at 4.30 in the morning every day. COVID came and I started working from home and I've never gone back in the three years. It's been three years of COVID, 150 years of COVID. I can't keep up. <laughs> I've been to, to the studio four times a year. Yeah. That's really what, what I've been back. Doesn't impact what I do. What I do is binary. Either you're hearing me on radio or you're not. It is, it is that simple. And everything has worked. Sponsors, uh, the, 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 the ratings, it, it's, it's been perfect. I'm not going back because of the insanity of my schedule. I do a show from 6 to 9 a.m. I do a nationally syndicated show from noon to 3. I do video work in between. And I have the whole setup. There's, there's no need for me to be there. And I think that there are companies that have realized there are some people, there's no need for them to be there. But there is clearly proof now that the people who've been working from home have been skating. Business owners are not feeling they're getting the full result of the dollars they're putting out. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not getting that back in some greater measure, and people forget this. Let's say you get paid $10 an hour. I'm just picking a number for a round number. If, you, if I pay you, Fingers Malloy, $10 an hour... What I need to get as the owner is $11 worth of output. Otherwise, it's not a value to me. Mm. I loved that Pat McAfee said this the other day. He's moving his entire world. Former punter for the Indianapolis Colts has just hit in, in, in podcasting and social media. Amazingly, all the deals. He's now moving everything over to ESPN. And one of the things that he said, uh, somebody was trying to create a controversy. He wasn't down for that. My job is to be a great partner to the people I work with. People are questioning how much money is he making. He's like, I'm not telling you. My job is to 
be worth more than what they're paying me. That's how you get to be a good partner. That's accurate. And people have completely lost this idea. And part of it is because of the political and cultural scene. You're just, if you're the employee, you want to make your company more than what it is you're getting paid. That's the value that you create. And that value becomes valuable to them. And so it might mean more money. Or certainly you can then take that, that work ethic and that skill set and move on to other places. That's extremely important. And the people who are working from home, very clearly the answer is we're not getting the output because nobody's actually saying, what did you accomplish in a day? Well, the other thing too is they aren't nearly in the position of power that they were, say, 18 months ago. The you know When we had a, a tighter labor market, I could see some resistance saying, listen, I'm proving to you that I am doing as good of a job at home. You should allow me to stay at home. And if you're not going to allow me to stay at home, I'll just find somewhere else to work. Well, now that you're seeing the, the labor market beginning to soften and you're seeing the, you know layoffs, particularly in big tech, they are not employees are not in the position of power that they were 18 months ago to where they really need to start reconsidering whether they can take this stance because they're they're quite possibly going to find themselves out of work. And and so be it. And so be it. But going back to to uh, the the cigar stuff, this is there there's so nothing new here. We expected this. And now the question is what happens? Because I don't see that the cigar lounge is going to flounder. Uh, that that's not it. But there are some brands that are going to get squeezed out. Some brands that aren't going to be able to have as many facings, and that's just the way it is. And they will go through this this downturn, and we'll see if it turns into a bust or just a bit of a downturn. The OKI blended bourbon whiskey uh, at eighty dollars a bottle, seventy dollars a bottle. Not in my liquor cabinet, but I enjoy it neat. But the A.J. Fernandez New World Oscuro, the 7.5 by 55, $9 a stick, that is in the humidor, fingers and away. That for sure. The book Let's Go Barbecue is available at Amazon.com. Get your copies for Father's Day now. It is the perfect gift at Amazon. Let's Go Barbecue. Buy the book. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat, Drink, Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke. On Facebook, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke, and Instagram at eat, drink, smoke podcast.